we're going to have some real good singing today. Amen. Today I want to talk with you about prayer. It's very basic, of course, to our Christian lives. It's very basic to us communicating with God and God communicating with us. When I was a little boy, the preacher told me, he said, you know, God talks to us through his word and we talk to him through our prayers. And, you know, through the years, all of those that have tried real hard to do it that way have had an unbelievable communication with our Heavenly Father, and it's just really been wonderful. If you have your Bible this morning, Ephesians 6.18 is our text as we think together about prayer. The scripture says, pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all of the Christians everywhere. It was another one of those classic moments when there was a confrontation between a man of faith and a young skeptic. As the young skeptic sat down in the pastor's office, he opened the conversation with this statement, I am an atheist. I don't believe in God. And I don't accept the Christian faith, and I don't believe prayer accomplishes anything. The pastor responded, before a person can accept or reject a philosophy, before he can believe or disbelieve any given subject matter, he must first be familiar with the main thesis of the content. Do you agree with that? Of course, the young cynic readily agreed. Then let me ask you, the pastor said, have you mastered the Bible? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I have mastered the Bible, but I read a little bit of the Bible in a high school English class, but that was years and years ago. The pastor then asked, and what about the great theologians of all the ages who have given classic expression to the Christian faith. Have you read most of them? Of course not, the young skeptic said. No one reads things written by men centuries ago. Well then, what about the great proclaimers of the faith in our day? Have you spent time listening to them carefully and evaluating what they have said? Are you kidding, the young skeptic said. Why should I be interested in going to church? The pastor responded, you, you know almost nothing about the Bible. You have never read the great theologians of the faith. You have never listened to today's communicators of the gospel. And you have not even tried to pray. And yet you have the boldness to sit in my office and tell me that you have rejected all of these things about which you know nothing. You're not an atheist, young man. You're an ignoramus. <laughs> the Bible says a whole lot about prayer. All of the great saints of the Bible, as you read all of the scripture, you find they're all praying people, every one of them. All the great events of the Bible are surrounded 
by a lot of prayer. In the text for today, we find a spiritual battle described where Christians are called to stand against the power of evil. In Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, we see the enemy against which we are to wage our spiritual battle. We're fighting Satan and those who follow him. That's what we're doing. In Ephesians 6, verses 13 through 17, we see the equipment we must wear as we fight this battle. We need to wear the whole armor of God, every single piece of it. Then in Ephesians 6, 18, we see the energy with which the victory is to be won. The energy is the power that comes from prayer. Skeptics don't understand that. They never have. As the generations come and go, they have never understood the great answers to prayer that have come across the world time after time after time. The cynics have never been able to mobilize that power. They've seen it activated around them in hospitals, in neighborhoods, in families that they know, but they have never marshaled those powers together for themselves. But that power is there. It's right in front of us. If we are a child of God, we are in direct communication with the Lord God Almighty. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. Prayer has always been the power source for the man or woman of God. Always has been. Moses prayed. And the waters of the Red Sea separated. Joshua prayed, and the walls of Jericho fell down. David prayed, and the giant Goliath was defeated. Elijah prayed, and fire fell down from heaven. The disciples prayed, and over 3,000 were saved on a single day. Prayer has always been the power source for God's people. Prayer can give such power to your life. Some people think, well, you know those great prayer stories. They always happen to somebody else. It never happens to me. And you know what I want to say in a kind of a one-on-one conversation with someone? Well, have you really prayed about the things that are important to you? and the things that are important in your life. Have you ever done that? And many times the same people will say, well, no, I've never done that. I say, well, you know, you can't expect the blessing if you don't ask God for it. You have to talk to Him. As you speak with God, there are some principles that we need to be sure that we understand this morning. First, There is the whoever of prayer. When Paul gave the command to pray, he was saying that this command can be followed by every single believer. 
If you are brand new in the faith, if you've just been a Christian for three days, you can pray to the Lord. You don't have to wait until you're much older and much wiser. You can start praying in this very moment. Whoever wants to can pray. You don't have to hire somebody to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. One of the most exciting truths in all of the New Testament is that through Jesus Christ, we have been given access to our Heavenly Father. We do not have to pray through someone. Every one of us can pray directly to God. We see that truth illustrated throughout the Bible. In Psalms 34, a poor man prayed. In 1 Kings 9, a rich man prayed. In 1 Samuel 1, a married man prayed. In Luke 2, a single person prayed. In 1 Kings 3, a king prayed. In Luke 18, a peasant prayed. In Acts 10, a military man prayed. In Acts 9, a civilian prayed. In Acts 7, a religious man prayed. In Jonah 2, a rebellious man prayed. Whoever wants to can come before the Lord in prayer. You can pray. God wants to hear from you. Have you talked to him lately? You know, some people say that they really believe in praying. And then confidentially they will tell me, you know, I haven't prayed in years. Well, you know, if we believe in it, we know it to be true, we know it to be powerful. For heaven's sakes, we ought to be about it every, every day. Secondly, there is the whenever of prayer. When should we pray? Paul says that you should pray at all times. Again and again, the scripture says to always have the attitude of prayer. First Chronicles 16 says, see the Lord in his strength. See his face continually as we have that attitude of prayer toward the Lord. Luke 18, the Bible says, Now Jesus was telling them a parable to show that in all times they ought to pray. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul teaches us to pray without ceasing. All of those verses mean that there ought to be a prayer in our head and heart, really at all times. Years ago, I was uh, driving down a street in Dallas late at night. It was raining uh, pretty hard, and there was a policeman in the center of the intersection directing traffic with his flashlight. The lights were out. Uh, You really couldn't see anything but his flashlight and what your headlights could illuminate. Well, He was telling this car to go that way and this car to go that way, and then he'd turn around and tell them which way to go. And One fella didn't get the message, and he ran right into that policeman and knocked him up into the air. I saw it. I was about the second car back. 
he landed on the concrete and slid a number of feet. I pulled my car over to the side of the road and got out and walked over right to where he was. And he was saying this over and over, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. He had been hit by a car and knocked up into the air. I was surprised that he wasn't dead. And I I listened to him, and, and he just said the same thing over and over again. As the years have passed, I've thought about that a number of times. What happened to that fellow? I looked in the paper the next day, and the next day nothing was said about it. I hope that he was a praying person because he certainly needed the Lord in those moments. It's a good thing to begin and end the day with prayer. Cindy and I pray together every night. The Lord has walked with us all day and we want to thank him for doing that and for guiding our steps. We should all have some special time to pray. Maybe yours is before meals. Maybe it is when your friend or even yourself are going into surgery. Brother Tom and I go to the hospital a lot. And we try and pray with people before their surgeries. And I think when they get out of surgery, we need to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. If the surgery went well. And if they have been taken home to be with God, they didn't make it through the surgery, then we ought to thank God for taking them to their new, nicer residence. You know, either way, it's a win. It's a tremendous win. When a friend needs a prayer, we need to be there for them. We need to remember our nation. We need to remember our missionaries. We need to remember our soldiers. We need to pray for the wisdom when we go to vote. You know, we vote all the time in America. We vote for the city people, the county people, the state people, the national people. We vote on this referendum and that referendum. We vote on all kinds of things. We need to ask God to lead us as we vote. That's important. The Lord likes it when we are always on the verge of prayer. Thirdly, we need to consider the wherever of prayer. Where should we pray? It's very, very interesting to see where some of the people in the Bible prayed. In Daniel 9, we see a man in jail praying. In Nehemiah 9, we see the Hebrews praying in a distant foreign land. In Exodus 17, we see Moses praying in the middle of the battlefield. There's fighting going on all around him, and what Moses is doing, he's standing there praying, right in the middle of it. In Luke 23, we see the penitent thief praying on the cross. He's praying to the Lord. In Jonah 27, we see the prophet praying in the stomach of the great fish. I've had argument after argument with people over the years, Some people say, I don't believe a whale could do that. And I always say, it doesn't say it was a whale. It says it was a great fish. God made a great fish. You know, we need to take uh, the word of God very literally and believe what it says. Where should we pray? Geographically, we can pray anywhere. We can pray here. We can pray at home. We can pray 
pray here, pray there. A lot of people tell me that they're uh, praying a lot while they're driving. I've seen some of that here in Sun City Center. (laughs) It's scary. I hope if you pray when you're driving that you open your eyes. It's okay to pray uh, with your eyes open. There's another way to answer the question, where can we pray? We need to answer the question spiritually. Spiritually. Where must we be spiritually when we pray? The answer to that question is given in our text for today in uh, our passage. It says, Paul says that we are to pray at all times in the Spirit. In the Spirit. The prayer which prevails against evil, the prayer which promotes the cause of God, the prayer which provides spiritual power, is prayer that is given by a Christian who is living and walking in the Spirit of God. As a Christian, you have dwelling within you the very Spirit of God. If you will listen to the Spirit and love with the Spirit and live in the Spirit so that you may pray in the Spirit, then you will have taken the third step toward understanding what prayer is really all about. Step four, there is the whatever of prayer. What should we pray for? Well, for those that are grieving would be one thing. You know, whenever somebody loses a husband or wife or child or parent or cousin or uncle or aunt or whoever, there's a lot of grieving that goes on. When you lose someone that's near and dear to you, there's a lot of grieving that goes on. And we need to lift those people up. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for people that are sick. Pat Thomas is over in the hospital next door here. I heard Spencer fell down uh, this morning early. He's in the hospital over here in the emergency room. We need to pray for those that are having a hard time. We need to lift up those that are ill and ask God to heal them and help them and direct them in their life. We need to pray that people would be saved in all the services around the world. Do you realize that there are literally hundreds of millions of people that are worshiping all around the world today. The invitation will be given in thousands and thousands and thousands of churches. And we need to pray that folks will respond to the call of the Word of God. We need to pray that the Lord uh, has been so gracious and we need to thank Him for the blessings that He has given. Paul said to the Christians at Philippi, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Philippians 4.6 Once I was visiting in the family of a church in, my, uh, in Tempe, Arizona, They were a lovely young family. They had two little girls. One was four and one was six. Uh, The lady had heard that I was a meat and potato guy, and that's what she fixed, and it was delicious. I mean, just delicious. 
And we had a great time. We talked around the table for a while, and then we went into the living room and sat down, and they had some questions about things, and we talked for, I guess, an hour. And then it was getting to be the bedtime for the little girls, and the mother and father asked me if I would like to go in and have nighttime prayers with the girls. And I said, I'd love to. So we uh, walked into the uh, bedroom, and the two little girls got down on their knees and leaned against the bed. And so I kneeled down on the other side of the bed, and I leaned into the bed. And I said, uh, now why don't you girls pray first, and then I'll pray and kind of uh, wind it up. And they said, okay, Pastor. Well, they started praying, and the first thing they prayed for was their dog. We prayed about five minutes for their, for their dog. And then we prayed for the parents, and then we prayed for the neighbors on both sides. And then we prayed for the missionaries. And then we prayed for the airplanes. I never really knew where we were with that. But we prayed for the airplanes for about 10 minutes. It was uh, very interesting. And then we prayed for something I had never prayed for before in my whole life. We prayed that we would digest supper very well. I have never prayed for that before. Then we prayed for the temperature. And then we prayed for a lot of specific people in our church. And it went on and on and on. And by the time I prayed, my legs were numb. (laughs) But I got up finally, and uh, as I walked out of the room, the parents were smiling. (laughs) I knew uh, what was going on. Well, the invading anxiety in our lives uh, is, is something. Maybe it's pain, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a financial failure, we're not sure. But you can go before the Lord with it, and you can spread it all out in front of Him in detail, just like those two little girls did that night in Arizona. When the blessing comes, we can thank God. When the burdens come, we can seek God's assistance. When you have failed, you can ask for God's forgiveness. When you have succeeded, you can praise God for his help. When you are burdened for someone, you can intercede on their behalf. When you don't know what to do, you can pray for God's guidance. And certainly this morning, every one of us in here needs that. You can pray to God about everything. When we come to the point in our communication with God where we realize that nothing is outside of the scope of God's concern and nothing is beyond the reach of His power, then we have come to the place where we really understand what prayer is all about. I want us to conclude this service today with a word of prayer. Let's bow together. 
Father, we know that all across the world today the gospel is being preached and the invitation is being given. And we pray that in each of those places, all of those that are in the house would turn their hearts towards you and would make a public profession of their faith. Lord, if there's anyone like that in our service today, we pray that they would. That they would come forward in just a moment during the invitation and yield themselves to you. Father, we pray that those that need a church home would come and join. We pray that prayer for all of the churches literally around the world this morning. We pray, Father, for the sick. We pray for those that are having a very, very difficult time. We pray for the challenges that are ahead, every one of us. Lord, we pray that you will hold us in the hollow of your hand. And Father, as we have the invitation here in just a moment, we pray, as always, that your will would be done. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to stand down here at the front. If there's a decision that you'd like to make, I'll be waiting for you to come. Let's stand.